1: All right. Welcome to the Birds Papaya Podcast. It's
2: not even
1: the name. Welcome to the podcast that we are on.
2: Are you hosting this?
1: This is the podcast.
2: The Papaya Podcast.
1: It is a podcast with Sarah, the Birds Papaya. Okay. And Shane, Sexy Shane Landry.
2: (laughs) Shane actually holds a world record for what? The largest gift exchange in the world?
1: Not. Not individually, but a part of it, yes.
2: And on his plaque that is hanging upstairs in his office, he decided to register his name for the Guinness World Records as Sexy Shane Lynn.
1: I just want to be as accurate as possible.
2: <laughs> just change your change your entire legal name at this point. Okay, you're running the show, so go for it. Today's, no, before we go, I need to at least do my job like half a second and announce that this is the Q&A episode. I went into my Instagram stories and they said ask us anything and I collected the best questions and the most common questions curated a little list that is in Shane's hand. All right. Wait are we going to just go right into questions. You want to uh, give a quick update on how you're doing. I'm great. Yeah. That's it. Anything new and exciting happened in your life lately. Nope. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Go for the questions. That's what we're doing.
1: All right, the first question's for you. Would you ever go beardless again?
2: (laughs) Vagina beard? (laughs) That's a presumptuous question. Well... I am beardless. I always have been. Well, since uh, the girls at Baskin-Robbins and we all decided that we would all go vagina beardless together. I don't know why that was such a thing. And uh, yeah, now I don't... Now I find... it's interesting how like trends change and stuff. Cause now when I see people um, disgusting or sharing pubic hair, I think it's actually really beautiful and cool that people are kind of taking that back a little bit, but the question is truly for you. And if, would you ever go beardless again?
1: Yes. In an emergency, in an emergency situation, I would. You would. Yeah. Like if, if there was like a, an imminent um, bio warfare attack where I needed to wear a mask. <laughs> I would wear I would shave my beard so that I could probably wear a gas mask.
2: Oh, a gas mask. I was going to say like are you just describing this last year because there was a moment at the beginning of the pandemic when people were like it's dangerous to have a beard, it's bad for you, and some people actually shaved them off. May or may not be Scott Deckers. Uh
1: like I mean, you know, you could have just fashioned your beard into a mask and had a permanent
2: You have a beard mask
1: fixture. Yeah, that's true.
2: Okay, so the answer is yes, you would if you absolutely needed to, but not a preferential choice. I'm sorry, the dog's being disgusting. Theta, stop.
1: Maybe we should turn down the volume.
2: I think it's fine. Keep going.
1: So yes, I would shave my beard in an emergency situation.
2: What about by choice? Do you ever feel like you would like to see your face again in that way?
1: Do I feel like I would like to have to... Add an extra amount of manicuring to my face every day? No, I don't feel like that at all.
2: Okay, great.
1: I'd much prefer not to have to do anything in the morning on my face. I mean, I wash it, but you you know what I mean. (laughs) Okay. Okay, one thing we would change about each other, non-physical, if we could. So, I'm going to go with... Oh, um, no. No, this is easy for me.
2: I know it's easy for you. That's going to make it hard for me.
1: So, if it's non-physical, I'm going supernatural.
2: No, 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 no. It has to be it has to be within reality.
1: No, it doesn't. It oh, the only the only parameters set are non-physical.
2: Okay, but the question's more like I wish you wouldn't do this or I wish you wouldn't well, like something that currently currently exists about us that we would change.
1: But technically that's physical because everything is tied back to physics, right? Your brain oh. chemistry and your your actions are all tied back to how your brain functions, that's all physical. So we really can't go there based on the parameter set.
2: Okay, well, let's let's move that goalpost a little. Let's change the parameters of the question and let's ask what we believe has been intentionally asked, which is, what is something you would change about me that I currently am or do right now that is not physical?
1: I don't think that's true to the question. Then I think we're just changing the question that someone asked out of their heart. And I think they want to know supernaturally what I would change about you. <laughs>
2: okay, go ahead. <laughs> I'm going to answer this the way that I perceived it to be asked, but you go ahead.
1: Okay. I think telepathy.
2: You wish that I had that? That I could
1: just broadly telepathy. Okay. I'm not I'm not going to I'm not going to get down to it, but convenience.
2: Okay. I think that I would this is so selfish. So I'm going to say that my I don't want this to be like a rag on you at all. So I honestly want to change one thing, and I want you to stay awake a little longer when you go to bed. I know that's selfish, and I and I know that, and I acknowledge it. I see it to be true. However, when we go to bed, you just fall asleep.
1: You yes, just that's what bed's for, though.
2: But like... I I like to I like to stay. I, I like to have a few moments together. I like to have. Sometime, and I guess it's hard for me that we go to bed and I just want to go to bed to like be comfortable and to wind down and you just fall asleep.
1: I think I have a compromise. We get an extra room, okay? And we have something that's between a chair and a bed. We both sit slash lay there before we go to bed. And that is our awake time before bed. It's kind of like a lounge we or like a, a l- lobby. It's a it's a it's a sleep lobby.
2: We just got an adjustable bed though. So no, is no, that no, no, no. not? No. I wanna be in bed. I just don't want you to fall asleep so fast. I don't want a sleep lobby. I just want no
1: we need a sleep. I lobby. want
2: you to take a little that's, You gotta you gotta separate at, the question was something that I would change that was not physical about you. I don't care about the physics, the physical about you and my decision and I will not be argued against.
1: I, I'm not disagreeing. I'm saying we need a sleep lobby. <laughs>
2: I'm saying, I just want you to, I want to change that about you. I want to make sure that you.
1: We have that little mud room. What if we turn that into like a, like a chaise?
2: No, it doesn't change the fact that if we go on a vacation, you fall asleep the second you lay down and I'm awake by myself.
1: We ask for a cot and the cot is the the sleep lobby. We put it in the lobby of the hotel room. (sighs) I mean, maybe not right in the lobby because people would be like, no, that's weird, but you know what I'm saying?
2: Okay. Well, next question.
1: Maybe the the shoe area?
2: The shoe area? No, next question. You won't take this seriously. These people are asking you genuine questions.
1: Okay, if I was going to change one thing about you that was serious, it would be you would finish things that you start.
2: What have I not finished?
1: For, so, for example, you started... Putting out the garbage yesterday,
2: I did.
1: Yeah, you got and like you're like the boxes, all the packages you got.
2: Mm -mm -mm. Yeah,
1: and you you did ninety percent of it, and then the ten percent of the boxes were left at the at the the garage in the garage door. I also do
2: that with laundry. To be fair, like I I put it in the washer, then put it in the dryer, and then it lives there.
1: Yeah, that was an example. It wasn't meant to be exhaustive. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. I would just like you to finish with, like, dishes.
2: I also do that with dishes because I like to leave all of the cutlery soaking in the sink and then walk away.
1: Yeah. So, finishing what you start.
2: Okay, finishing what I start. That's a great answer. Mm. I have loved the positivity and the excitement and the joy around body quality. Because dear women everywhere, let's start a fashion revolution. Old Navy is changing the shopping game with bought equality. Bought equality means size equality, price equality, and style for women everywhere. That's right. Old Navy is making every one of its styles in every size and with no difference in price. I bet you if you didn't, if you've never been a different price, you probably didn't realize that that actually happens, that there's different prices for different sizes, but now Old Navy is doing that because we deserve it. And our sisters, moms, and friends do too. Old Navy's bought a quality, well, it started with you, the customer. Old Navy read thousands of product reviews, conducted thousands of interviews, and even went on shopping trips with real customers to hear what you had to say. And then they really, really listened. We wanted clothes to be made to fit on real women's bodies like ours. And Old Navy heard us. They spend years listening, studying, modeling, testing, refining, and perfecting so that you and women everywhere can have amazing fashion that celebrates each of us as we are. Body quality means that now in every store, you'll see mannequins in multiple sizes as well. And online, you can see the styles you love on models size 4, 12, and 18. There's going to be consistent and comfortable fit for every size, double zero through 30, extra small through 4X. Yes, this took years of work, tons of revisions, and thousands of people, including customers like you, to create this fully integrated shopping experience, because that's bought equality. It's a revolutionized shopping experience for women everywhere. You can see oldnavy.com slash for additional details. Styles are subject to availability.
0: Hi, I'm Ali Webb, the founder of Drybar.
1: Hey, I'm Adrian Kaler, the founder of Take New Ground.
0: Previously on Raising the Bar, Michael and I learned how founders moved from idea to scale. In this new season, we'll be exploring the inner world of an entrepreneur, the juicy stuff.
1: Suing a vision brings up fear and personal challenges, the stuff that nobody likes to talk about. So we dive into what it takes to overcome the obstacles that make most people quit. This is a study on perseverance.
0: Adrian is a coach for select executives. I love his brilliant mind and deep love for people, including me.
1: So if you're starting a business and already want out, tune in. You might not be as alone as you think.
2: Okay, let's go to the next question.
1: Okay, next question. This is not a question.
2: It's a statement?
1: It, it says finding love as a single mom slash dating mm. a single mom. That's not a question. That's like a, okay, but, a topic. It's like okay. a category.
2: Okay, let's let's discuss it. Okay. For me, it's like, a, I'll say I had one very clear thing that was big for me was that I didn't want to be with somebody who was looking to start a family or that didn't want there's three categories when you're dating and you have kids already is you either have somebody who wants to start a family and have kids which at that time I wasn't I wasn't open to doing or I wasn't sure two you find someone who doesn't like kids or like doesn't want them at all which is like okay that's not going to happen and the third is somebody who could go either way, that they're open to having kids, but they're also not like they're also happy to have your kids, right? So does that make sense? Like the three categories for me, I needed somebody who was good with having kids and didn't need me to fulfill them having like or starting potentially their own family because I wasn't sure I was open to that. So for me, that was a it felt like a tough criteria and I was very good with like, Maybe I'll casually date, but I don't think that I'm going to have a serious person because I'm very protective of, you know, the family that I've formed with my children. And we are a family. There is no, unless it's like the perfect scenario. But you, have you dated, have you dated a a single mom before?
1: But I didn't, I didn't, at no point did I say I wouldn't. Mm. Right? It's literally...
2: No, it's okay. I just couldn't hear you, so I pushed the microphone close to you.
1: It's literally, I just, uh, like, I didn't close any doors. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I didn't, there wasn't, for me, there was no rules to dating. It was basically, like, I want to date someone. Yeah. I want to find someone that I want to be with the rest of my life.
2: hmm
1: So, like, why, you know, why limit your possibilities?
2: But let's come into the scenario of girl meets boy, you meet me. And the hop and a skip later, you're aware that I'm a mom. We had talked about my kids; you we were very aware of that. Uh, you had even met them in a casual setting before. But the reality of actually dating somebody with kids—did that feel bigger, or like you had to somehow be more serious in it, or not, based on that condition of circumstance?
1: Like obviously, I felt like there's additional things to consider Mm. i couldn't like mess around like you know there's the point at which you meet kids where all of a sudden things have changed Mm. right like that's this you know back in the day people would say like when you meet someone's parents it means it's become serious Mm. when you when you meet someone's kids it's serious right like it's yeah like that's life changing to the kids if you suddenly disappear out of their lives.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: so you know, I was aware of that, you know, I but-
2: remember you I remember you at one point not stressing, but you had brought up the fact that you had learned, which was very sweet. You were reading up about it because you were reading up about you know potentially being an additional parent role in their lives, and you were like i I want to take this seriously because you had learned that or just, I guess, the reality of it hitting that if we were to break up, they lose relationship with you. Whereas when two parents split, they still, in many cases, obviously this is nuanced, have both parents still at play in their in their life. But when a relationship ends with a, a subsequent relationship, that you might c- completely be out of their lives forever. But I feel like for you, and this is like, I know I have a better memory than you. So I'm just not, I'm not trying to tell the story for you. But if you can pull back on the reality that you actually started having, quote unquote, dating the kids in a way. You you actually started spending time with them, not just it being, oh, I'm dating this woman and we have these kids to bring along. You actually started to spend time with them. I remember because you brought over a computer so you could play Minecraft with Maya. You started playing video games with both. Selfishly, yes. And you took Gemma on a I remember you took Gemma to a movie that she wanted to see. You started doing all of these things with them. Was that like a was that like an intentional thing? Like I want to get to know them one on one. I'm dating this person with kids. Like, do you remember or recall your process in choosing to start um spending time with them and getting to know them as individuals?
1: For sure. I mean like Like I said, you're right. I did read about it. And one of the things I read was like, you know, kids who have gone through divorce don't have separation issues or separation anxiety because their parents have gotten divorced. Mm. But it's the subsequent relationships of people leaving over and over again Mm. that cause those issues.
2: Which is hard because that's such a, like just such a circumstantial thing that's like nobody's fault either.
1: For sure. But I, I, I mean, and that's where it's like, for me, it was important that like when we met them, it had to be it was serious at the time. And mm. obviously, like I'm not a professional. I'm not here to give anybody relationship advice. Yeah. You know. <laughs> That's yeah, a great I, disclaimer. I, I like, you know, people uh you can you can ask someone who's won the lottery what, what numbers they use mm. to win the lottery. That doesn't mean it's gonna make you win the yeah. lottery. This is just my experience. Yeah. I I, I thought like it mattered. So when I met your kids, it was at the point where, or I guess when we revealed to your kids that we mm-hmm. were in a relationship, that was the point at which, you know. Yeah, because
2: we had been social. We had been socially hanging out. We'd gone like bowling with Ariana. I think we were would,
1: coworkers for yeah, a, a long time.
2: Yeah, so like there was a there was a few occasions that the kids had already met you, but had very much clung to you a little bit already. Like there was really no avoiding it. They were Because
1: amazing. What you you do you mean? Because you gave
2: them two dollars for a claw machine and they had were used to me not having money for the claw machine. <laughs> and so that really changed a lot of things for them. But yeah, you be you became a big role in their in their life, I think, by their choice. And Gemma very much wanted you to date me. And she was so there was a lot of excitement when we did reveal it. But also a layer of, oh, now this is a lot more serious in terms of our relationship too. I I felt it. I felt like this, and I think maybe coming out of like a divorce scenario, it did feel like I didn't want to make a mistake again. It's really hard to trust yourself when you've made, you've made the, I don't want to say wrong choice because I had really great kids out of it, but you've made choices that didn't work out. It can be really hard to trust your decision making when you've made potentially wrong decisions in the past. So I remember that time. Do you remember do you remember what you said to me? I think when you noticed that me stressing out a little bit?
1: No. I don't even know. Like you've I've seen you stressed out a million times. I <laughs> don't know which instance <laughs> you're talking about.
2: We were at but- my house. Hu- we were at my house so we were putting the kids to bed and you stopped me when I was going up the stairs and you said, I love them. And I was like, what? And you're like, I just I I, I've fallen in love with them too. Like I love them. And I want you to know that if anything happens between us, like I will still be there for them. Like you're released from that responsibility. You don't owe me a relationship because of them. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be in their lives because I love them. Do you remember saying that?
1: Yeah, I think I do.
2: It was a big moment for me. I cried a lot.
1: Well, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> the, but to answer your original question. Okay. Yeah, I did intentionally spend time with each of them individually mm. because I wanted to develop a relationship with each of them outside of you. Yeah. Right? Like, I wanted to develop a real relationship. I wanted to find common ground, do things that they like to do, you know? Because, like, when you're around a parent, it's, it's like, especially when in the early stages of dating, when we're together, it's all, it was all about us. Yeah. Right? Like, it's hard to, like give the proper time to a kid when we're in the honeymoon phase and where it's all about us. Mm. So I really wanted to like separately. And the
2: kids were all about me. Like they were not, they were excited about you, but there was a lot of, I had to be on mom mode too. Right. Which was tough.
1: And like, you don't want like the kids to like compete with each other. So I took each one out individually doing things they wanted to do, which I also like to do to develop like real relationship bonds with each one of them. And I try to do that, you know, other than during COVID, I try to do that every year during their birthday. Mm -hmm. Right?
2: Yeah. And like, just to kind of be honest about this all too, we got incredibly lucky in the way that the kids responded to all of this because there was a lot going on for them. And they responded very well, but it wasn't perfect. There was instances where, and I remember one time and it shocked the heck out of both of us and really upset us where I think it was Bo looked at you and was like, you're not my dad or you're not I, my parent. I don't even
1: remember that. We were,
2: out for a, we were out for a family birthday, I think at Lone Star. And it was like, I think you were trying to help him with something and he said that. And it's like, it was one of those moments where you're like, wow, we're not exempt from any of this. We're not exempt from, you know, the tough times. But overall, because you have individual relationship with them, even now when we're in a scenario at home, there is, we definitely both parent because they hold respect and relationship with you individually as well as me is what I'll say about that. So that's really paid off. I know we've got a ton of questions. You're looking at it. Everyone needs an escape, but maybe those are hard to come by right now. Enter Dipsy, where you can get lost in a world where good things happen and where your pleasure is the only priority. Dipsy is this really super cool audio app and it's full of short, sexy stories and they're completely designed to turn you on. But each of the Dipsy stories, they are audio stories that feature characters that actually feel like real people and immersive scenarios. So you feel like you're right there in the scenario itself. You can listen to stories about hooking up with your hometown crush You maybe never made a move on or that coworker you've always had a little thing for, or maybe a story that puts you in bed with someone who's telling you exactly what they'd like to do to you. They release new content every week, so there's always more to explore, no matter who you're into or what turns you on. And if you need a wind down, well, Dipsy also has wellness sessions, sensual bedtime stories and soundscapes to help you relax before you drift off. The first time I tried Dipsy, I was like, all right, like, what is this? i would never listened to an audio story before, except for, I think one time I listened to one in a car on a long road trip, but this was so different. I could not believe how immersive it was, how much I loved the experience and how my mind really had that escape that it needed that day. And so for listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash papaya. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to dipsystories.com slash papaya. One more time, dipsystories.com papaya. All right, let's go to the next one.
1: Okay, how sex is now (laughs) vs before
2: versus before. We kind of touched on this last time. How we
1: feel about toys? Oh
2: yeah, that's a great question. We kind of talked a little bit about how sex is now versus before, and I think you noted, which I it still shocks me that it feels different time versus time, not so much before baby, after baby, hasn't been all that different. Yep,
1: physically, I would say physically, it's For not me, much different. For me,
2: it was a little different at first, but now it's getting better.
1: Yeah, physically, it was much different. Frequency, it's probably less frequent due to the fact that there's a baby.
2: Yeah, now that she's in her own room, we. Uh, it's... Right. Yeah, this is changing. Right. But I appreciate that. I think a lot of people, can I be honest? I get so many people being like, my husband's not having as much sex with me. I'm feeling really insecure. Like ever since, you know, last year, is it because I've maybe gained weight? Is it this or that? And I've had conversations uh, with a sex expert at one point. I, I brought this up last week as well, but just around the fact that like, sex can actually decrease drive in men which can, and women, but can decrease sex overall. So when you compact, and the fact that we weren't allowed to have sex all of last year. So bringing back into like our relationship rhythm, that's been interesting, but not like bad. Like it's been kind of nice to rediscover it in a way.
1: Yeah, I'd, I'd say it, the main thing is basically that there's just a baby around.
2: Yeah, yeah. Major. Now, how do you feel about sex toys? Perf- like, mostly when I'm like, well, I'm going to use wasn't something. A,
1: the question wasn't about sex toys. It was, how do you feel about toys?
2: Yeah, but they mean sex toys. Well, that's not- There's only so many words you're allowed to put into a question box. So they're just abbreviating it as much as possible.
1: Okay. Because I really... I really want to talk about Lego for a second.
2: <laughs> no, no, you can't. You cannot. You cannot just do that to people. You can't talk about Lego in the same segue of sex because I'm a visual thinker.
1: Oh, that's pointy. Yeah, yeah.
2: That's that's an uncomfortable thing for me to think about. Just bring up how you feel about sex toys.
1: I feel like Legos are an uncomfortable thing physically, not just thinking about it. If you're you you know using them that way. <laughs>
2: Answer the question. How do you feel about toys? Because we use them. I use them during sex.
1: Yeah, they're fine. They're like, fine. I don't, I don't.
2: Do you not enjoy that? It kind of takes the pressure off you a little bit.
1: I mean, they're fine. Like they're, they do their job. It's like, how do you feel about like a drill? It's like, oh, it's fine.
2: As opposed to a screwdriver.
1: And gets the job Just done. It's faster. a little bit easier. <laughs> yeah. I mean,
2: that's an amazing analogy over,
1: over, over time. You know, the investment pays off.
2: <laughs> you know? All right. All right. Head on to the next question.
1: How do you deal with each other's past insecurities, jealousy? We would do this. Oh. <laughs> that was a note. I was reading a note there. How do, How do we, we feel about each other's past insecurities and jealousy? I don't. Like, it's not a consideration.
2: Yeah, I I struggled with it at the beginning, for sure. Mm. I struggled with the fact, and let's be honest, at the time I was struggling deeply. I was deep in my um, disordered eating and body dysmorphia and had this weird obsession that I needed to somehow be the thinnest woman you'd ever been with. And I don't know where that came from, but it was definitely a huge thing that I focused on. But it also bothered me. Me, which it shouldn't have, and I came really to a very grateful place with it. Essentially, that you you've had a lot of long term exes, and that was weird for me because I had this like one ex. Well, I had like a high school boyfriend, and then I had I'm, I'm married for eleven years. Just to
1: clarify, I had long term relationships that were are now exes. They weren't long term exes all along.
2: Right, 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 right. So yes, yeah, so but they were all so different in appearance and in lifestyle and everything. So I felt like I didn't know where I fit because they, and I'm not going to bring up specifics about them just out of respect, but I will say this. And for anybody who kind of deals with jealousy, eventually I came to terms with the fact that one, your exes are part of the reason you are who you are. Like for all the things that are great and lovely about you, whether by positive things or negative things have made you into who you are today so who am i to feel angry about these people i i have to have a form of gratitude one way or another about it and then there's the other side of it that um where was i going with this yo jealousy I used to really believe that jealousy was like something really wrong with me, that I was just a jealous person and that was something like wrong and broken with me and that when I'm jealous that's something that I have to like inherently fix about myself. And I didn't realize that jealousy was is going to be there. It's going to exist around me and in me, but essentially can remind me of what I what I like and what I want in this world. And so f- sometimes when I do feel jealous, it reminds me that I really like you, that I really want you, that I I hope you stick around. I hope we have a really long relationship together. When we're out, like back when we could be out, and like I would see somebody maybe hit on you and not know that you were with me or something like that, like it actually it, it causes that tinge of jealousy, but also causes a tinge of excitement in the sense that like, I have this like trust built with you and that I know that we're good and we're solid, but it reminds me that I want you. It reminds me that like we're in this and like if this is something I want, then I have to continue to work for it. So while people are in your past, I do feel feelings of jealousy and like I, and I'm the worst. If I know you watched a movie with ex-girlfriend, you know I don't watch that movie. Like I'm really still weird about certain things. Yeah,
1: you're robbing yourself of, of a lot of good experiences there.
2: Yeah. And and I'm learning this, right? I'm learning that jealousy exists there, but I have to let it, I have to let it remind me of what I want to experience with you and what I want to have with you as well instead of it limiting me or making me feel like less or smaller because we met each other in our 30s. The reality is we have exes. That's just it.
1: I, I think for for me, it's like insecurities, I, I guess it, I, about exes. I don't really have many. I I mean, like like you said, it, it shapes who you are, and obviously, we all had. There was always obviously any of our axes. There were good things about them, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. if it was all negative, we never would have been with them. Yeah, true. Right. So there were good things. We all, you know, got something. There was there. We got more life out of experiencing that. I would say, in terms of jealousy, the thing that makes me most jealous is when people take your time. That when I. Don't have your time. I guess mm. it's 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 not so much like obviously I know people are going to be attracted to you, of course, right? That's the I wouldn't have wouldn't have been with you if I didn't think that was going to be the case. But you know, the the thing that makes me jealous is when people get your time, and I don't. So it's not so much like jealous about you know people talking to you as much as like they get your time. Mm.
2: That's interesting. Am I great to spend time with?
1: I mean, I've spent a lot of time with you and I still really enjoy it. So,
2: oh, that's very nice. What are you going to (laughs) do? You really could have gone there with like you're super hot and I don't want anybody else looking at you but you're like you went with you're an attractive person and I and I want to spend time with you. That's a really sweet thing to be jealous over to be honest. I like that. I you never seem jealous, so this is even a moment for me. I'm enjo- I'm enjoy. is it wrong for me to enjoy this a little?
1: It's cuz you never get to see when I'm jealous because you're in, you're spending your time with someone else. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs>
2: This podcast would not be possible without our sponsors. Each and every week, we have a few amazing brands to share with you that are here to support us and this show. So thank you so much for your time in listening to these ads today. I deal with bloat. Do you deal with bloat? I feel like everybody at some point has dealt with bloat, but if you deal with it ongoing or when you eat certain foods, then I want you to listen to what I'm about to share with you about bloat capsules because this is made by a brand called Array. And Array has made their products 100% natural, filler-free, organic, and they're formulated by a naturopathic doctor. Their products work in under an hour, so you actually feel the results. I've been using the bloat capsules for a I'm trying to think two years now, maybe more. They were an essential for me when I was traveling. I found when I was sitting on airplanes and eating, you know, food on the go, I was getting really, really bloated and very, very uncomfortable. It kind of ruined days sometimes. So I started bringing them with me wherever I went. And the blow capsules, well, they're really versatile because they can be taken at any time. Whether you've had a plant-based meal or something heavier like pizza or pasta, it optimizes digestion with the use of five herbs and fruit-based digestive enzymes. And it's completely laxative-free so you don't have to go running to the bathroom. Not only that, but they worked with an eating disorder specialist to formulate the products. And they were very intentional about creating products that would give people relief from digestive issues without the possibility of using it for weight loss purposes. Because of this, they're an extremely body positive brand and believe that every size and shape is beautiful, but that no one should have any type of discomfort after meals. Right now, you can go to array.com and use code papaya at checkout for 10% off a one-time purchase or 25% off your first month on subscription. That's array. I'm going to spell it out. A R R A E.com and use code papaya for 10% off a one-time purchase or 25% off
0: your first month on subscription.
2: Recently, I discovered Thrive Cosmetics. And when I say Thrive Cosmetics, it's not cause as in COS, it's C-A-U-S-E. They actually are on a bigger than beauty mission. Thrive Cosmetics has a bold mission that is truly bigger than beauty. For every product purchased, Thrive Cosmetics donates to help women thrive. Like, for example, women emerging from homelessness, surviving domestic abuse, fighting cancer, and more. Thrive Cosmetics is high-performance, vegan, 100% cruelty-free products without the use of parabens and sulfates. And I recently tried a couple of their products and was blown away. I actually first discovered them on Instagram. I saw somebody doing a makeup tutorial and they were using this brilliant eye brightener. It's this cream to powder highlighter eyeshadow stick that really brightens and opens the eye. It's been one of my favorite new things to use. I actually use it as an eyeshadow, and then I've lined my lower lid with it as well. And it just really makes my eye pop. I've been loving it. They also have a really amazing skincare product line, especially I would say their overnight sensation, brightening sleep mask. It's this potent skin loving formula that melts into your skin to restore moisture, rejuvenating your skin. So you wake up with smoother, brighter, and more high Hydrated complexion. I really love Thrive Cosmetics more than just how great their products are, but truly, they're bigger than beauty mission. It's really inspiring. You're gonna love them as much as I do. I know this to be true. So visit ThriveCosmetics.com/papaya for 15% off your first order. This is an exclusive offer you can only get here. That's ThriveCosmetics.com/papaya. Thrive C A U S E M E T I C S dot com slash papaya. That's going to get you 15% off your first order. Thrivecosmetics.com slash papaya. Thanks for listening. And let's get back to the show. <laughs> All right. Next question. Next question. What time are we at? Yeah. Next question.
1: All right. Divorce reality of it. Like best advice. Why we chose marriage again? I would say divorce was for me, and it's going it can, to can be a completely different experience than you had. But mm-hmm. for me, I had already kind of sacrificed. I've already, I had already like given myself to the fact that I was in marriage, and it was not. No matter what flaws the marriage had, I was in it, you know. And I had gone through, you know, these different things that were. I guess, stressful. And in the end, it didn't matter because she wanted to leave. So it was extremely, it was basically like, hey, I had already devoted it regardless of what had happened to this relationship. And then she walked away.
2: Yeah.
1: So for me, it was incredibly difficult. But I mean, in the end, like it was absolutely for the best Mm -hmm. regardless because it was not a good situation for either of us. Yeah. But, yeah, it was uh, it was hard when I had already, like, made that decision that, like, no matter what, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. And, but it didn't matter. So my own, you know, commitment was irrelevant.
2: I was similar in a sense that I very much fell on the sword for a marriage until I realized it can really, like, break a person apart. And essentially, to, I, the one thing I've learned the most about divorce is nobody gets divorced for no reason, whether it's chosen for you, whether you choose it yourself, it is never, it's just not like this easy way out of something. I find that fascinating that the perception is it's a really easy way out. You still coexist with this person for a long time. You have to make huge life decisions after a marriage. And while you're no longer on the same team, it is it is a lot of stress and there's a lot of opinion and a lot of pushing and pulling and and whatnot. And, and I would say that now, even though we're like, and kind of to to double answer the question and like in terms of like best advice for getting a divorce i would say keep your circle small and keep your circle tight because i think it's really important to guard yourself during that time and and the reality that people will talk, but they won't talk forever. It doesn't go forever. There is It ends somewhere, right? And it's okay to kind of like just get through that, even though it's like really, really hard in the moment to kind of get through it, to kind of rise above whatever is being said about you. But also the reality of divorce and the fact that divorce can happen entering into marriage again. And I've, and I've written about this before, but the fact that we both have been divorced, we both are aware that divorce is a reality and a possibility. But for that sake this time, as opposed to before, where I felt like I had to make a marriage work, where I was forced into like, having to like fall in the sword for the sake of my kids or like optics or whatever those things were. It wasn't like by my heart that I was staying. But now that I am in this marriage, it's really fantastic, I guess, for me to know that divorce is an option, that divorce could be on the table at any time and how much I get to choose and we get to choose every day to be in marriage. I think that's what makes it so different. We are two free individual people who have chosen union and that we know the realities of like, even if you don't want it, it could end. And I think it changes, I think it changes how we move through this relationship.
1: One thing too is that I think after having, like after having getting divorced, Mm. you realize that divorce is actually like a bigger event yeah, than marriage. Yeah, it's way more life changing than marriage is.
2: That's, I think, a very, that's a very true thing to say. Sorry, the dog is deciding to eat her body weight in water.
1: <laughs> but yeah, like I think for the most part, it's uh, you know, marriage. The like deciding to do to to go through marriage again was basically you go in knowing that like divorce is a lot harder than marriage.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So you know. You go into it, it's a lot more thought.
2: Yeah, and and I don't think either one of us would have just gone for it if it wasn't each other. And we're still like baby married. We're still like only three three in a bit years in. However, I, I find that as time goes on and the more time we spend together, s- somehow I, I genuinely believe that we are closer and more in love than we were when we began and when we got married. Is that true for you as well?
1: Yeah. Like every experience is a new experience, really. Mm-hmm. Right. Like there is no we, we aren't I, I I would say, like, again, we're no experts on anything.
2: No, but we're I all,
1: mean we're, we're all in the same world. We're all like figuring things out as we go.
2: I will say though, like when we get concentrated time together, there's always like this moment and the both of us really look at each other and we're like, I actually really like spending time with you. And that continues to be a bit of a shock.
1: Mm. I mean, it's it's That's, great. It's ideal.
2: Yeah, it is ideal. <laughs> okay. Next question.
1: All right. Step parenthood tips, how it is, favorite part. Is it parenting or friendship?
2: Mm. Yeah, great question for you. Is it parenting or friendship?
1: It's both. Yeah. I mean, like you like at the beginning, it was mostly friendship because you're developing a relationship that didn't exist. Yeah. But at some point you hit when you hit that relationship, when you find that relationship, a re- relationship with kids, it's different, right? Like I've had relationships with like nephews and cousins and things like that. And it's different than it is with even step, like stepchildren children, right? At some point, you love them mm. in a different way than you love a nephew or a cousin or, you know, there's, there's, there's a, you hit a point where you, it, it is different. And that's the point when it switches from friendship to parenting, mm. right? Because all of a sudden, you know that you are, you affect them. You affect their lives. You affect their futures, right? You are going to be a positive or negative influence on their life. Yeah. So, it, yeah, it, it, it is step parenting. I think from my experience, again, is it's, it's a, it's both it starts off as friendship. It turns into parenting. And depending on how much you want to put into it, the more you want to put into it, the more parenting it is. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm.
2: And I'll say like, as the parent, at first, I felt a lot of responsibility. Like if if one of them had like a meltdown, I felt so uncomfortable and like I had to fix the situation to make you more comfortable or for it to be easier on our relationship because I worried about those things like when it got stressful or whatever. But ultimately, like as that relationship grew now, I I genuinely don't feel differently between how I would maybe speak with you about parenting or relationship with Lemmy, who is our shared blood baby versus like the the rest of the kids who are biologically mine and your stepchildren, like they all coexist at the same level of how we parent in terms of shared responsibility and everything, right? Like there is no, oh, they're your kids. It's it's my, pro-, like it's my, no, I shouldn't say problem. It's my responsibility or like it's my problems to solve when they arise For you don't treat it like that. We've never treated it like that until like once we came into marriage, especially and we coexisted in the same home, it has been a shared experience of raising them.
1: For sure. Like the one thing I would say that is challenging is that, like you said before, I am not the biological parent. So that has, there are some challenges now and they're infrequent, very infrequent, but like they do arise where like, Hey, in the end, I do not have the final say in some mm, sort, some situations. Yeah. And, you know, each one of them knows that, I mean, to different degrees, you know, we'll acknowledge that I'm not their biological father. But I think we've reached a point with our relationship where, like, that's not even, that's that's no longer a thing.
2: Yeah.
1: Right? And, and going back to what you said about, like, between Lemmy and, and the other kids, you know, Maya has said specifically that she doesn't feel like Lemmy is her half-sister. Yeah,
2: they and don't at all.
1: Yeah, it, it, it's her sister and, and mm-hmm. she doesn't like that, you know. People coin it as half-sister. People might think of her as her, her half-sister because yeah. she yeah. is her sister.
2: Yeah, I completely, I, I love that. I love that that's how they feel too because that was like a really big intentional goal of ours is to make it feel like there is no us family and them family. It is like, we are a family. We are our unit. And we, I mean, of course it's tough because they, we, they have to go bounce between houses and Lemmy gets to stay here, but we've done our best to like, make it really good and kind and, and share as much as we can when they're away. And, And they love that. We're, I think we're doing a pretty good job with it all. Next question.
1: All right, next question. What does Shane do? Oh wow, Shane,
2: I don't even know the answer to this question.
1: Okay, this is a really good question because what I do is I live, I live life to its fullest.
2: What do you do for your job?
1: That's it. Doesn't say anything. Nothing about what do you do. What do I do?
2: You bleep bloop on a computer.
1: I wake up every day.
2: And you go. I open
1: the curtains. I look at the, the sunrise. No,
2: you don't. I've never seen you
1: fucking do that. I whistle a tune. No,
2: you don't. You know? <laughs> you lay in bed and scroll Reddit maybe for 45 minutes.
1: That's part, fart part yourself
2: awake and then head to the bathroom.
1: <laughs> yeah, like I'm living the whole dream.
2: <laughs> what do you do for a job? Are you allowed to say?
1: Yeah, it's fine. Okay. It's very interesting, actually. I am a software engineer by trade, and I manage a team of software engineers.
2: And you bloop bloop on the computers.
1: that computer as. a compute. I'm a computer scientist. I'm a scientist.
2: You're not a scientist. No, like, like,
1: let's just break it down. Let's no. generalize as much as possible. I'm a scientist. Okay. Okay.
2: Next question.
1: I'm gonna put on my laptop. I don't and want to read hear the, the rest next question. of the
2: answer of this one.
1: <laughs> Trust. How do we have it? How do we build it? I mean,
2: I don't know. I don't. I don't is, know.
1: This is a question. I do, I do not think we're qualified to answer. This is like a question for like a you know a counselor. Like a
2: yeah. But I will say that in our building of trust, that we have made a focus to make sure that we live independent lifestyles, build trust, even that when there is not mistrust, but potentially insecure feelings along the way that we both openly create enough trust that we can have independent lifestyles of each other in the sense that you may, or like I may feel insecure about something. I don't even know what the scenario is. I feel like we haven't left the house in years. But if those feelings of insecurity come up that we haven't stopped the other person from living, we, we talk out and create trust. Why is the dog literally a disaster today? I don't know. I don't know. We just, like, I would trust you. I feel like when we talk about trust in relationships, everyone immediately goes to extramarital relationships. Yeah? Like, is there an, like, what other things are there? I guess money, maybe?
1: If I'm trying to read into the question. Yeah. Trust. How do we have it? How do we build it? How do we build trust? I'm guessing that we have it. Because we're honest with each other. Yeah. Like if if we're being like, now that doesn't mean saying everything that's in our head because some mm-hmm. things are not worth saying.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. But it's not lying.
2: Yeah.
1: Right. And it's saying things that matter. So trust is really communication.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's effective and honest communication. And also like being aware of the other person's feelings.
2: Yeah. And I'll also say that like our trust for me has been like incredibly important because I really, I do have like male friends. I go, I travel for work and you've always like allowed me to share those stories without it feeling like.
1: By male friends, do you mean friends that you only contact via mail? (laughs) No. Okay. Like
2: I have guy friends and you've never been like, oh, are they single or are they this? You're just like, you're always just genuinely interested to hear the story you never focus on what I'm that person is n- was or y- you end up wanting to know if they're if they would be a friend for you
1: yeah exactly
2: that's always what it is I,
1: I like having I like knowing a lot of people
2: I like mm-hmm. being friends
1: with everyone so for me someone who's friends with you is a potential friend for me
2: <laughs> but I will say that like I, I think a lot of it came out of us both knowing what it was like to be in relationships that maybe didn't always have trust having really good, honest conversations about it along the way. Like, even if it was like, I do feel insecure about these things sometimes and I don't want that to impact our relationship, but like that's there. And that's helped me uh, know where you might potentially have discomforts and being able to respect them.
1: I've also been in relationships in the past where like, you know, my significant other had male friends that I did not feel comfortable Mm. about. Yeah. And, you know, it's one of those things the I mean in those situations it turned out to be you know valid, but uh i also like i i've also been cognizant in like a new relationship you can never you can never drag in someone else's behavior onto someone else you can't judge you could never judge anybody based on anybody else's behavior yeah, so while i i probably did struggle with you know. At some point, and I don't remember this happening, but it I it probably did. At some point, I probably struggled with you having relationships with other people. In the end, I just had to get past it, and I did because I don't remember having an issue. So it yeah. is in the past. But yeah, past relationships screw you up, right? But you just they need to, you just need to be aware of it, and you need to say, "I'm not going to apply." this and that's hard to do it's hard to take something that you've learned right and not apply it to something new but you have to just look past things that are behavioral things that you've had in past relationships and not apply them to you know new relationships
2: yeah i think that's a very good answer to that do we have more questions yeah okay
1: our biggest turn-ons
2: i know what mine is okay my Biggest turn on is when you get your voice like super gravelly. And when you Mm. do something, it often happens when you like have had a cigar or if you are a little bit tired, it happens. Your voice gets really, really good.
1: A lot of bit tired.
2: I'll tell you what like... Every once in a while, there's like a moment and I get a glimpse of it where I get to witness you with other people. And that is actually my biggest turn on. When we were co-workers, it was scandalous. It was a little scandalous. Um, but you, I could see clear into the boardroom and you would always be in these meetings that I was never privy to because I wasn't, um, you were management and, and uh, that sounds really scandalous. I didn't work under you at all. Not until later. (laughs) But you would be standing in the boardroom and like explaining something. And I would just watch you and be so mesmerized. And it would really like, when you're passionate about something, it always turns me on like, this even sounds weird. But like when I see you around friends or family and the way that you are, that you move through rooms really is attractive to me. And that's usually the nights that I'm like, I'll, like, say something in your ear, like, we need to, like, get home or whatever. Because I... Really love those moments. I love the moments where I get to like watch you and not just, not just like be around you. It's not even like a moment. It's not like when you kiss my neck. I don't want to even say that. It's like literally watching you move through rooms and be you is usually what turns me on.
1: Well, I have been walking since I was one years old. So <laughs> I've got a lot of practice.
2: What is, oh my gosh, I don't even know the answer to this. What's your biggest turn on?
1: It's tough for me because it's like, do I even know I I like a lot of things you know what I think it is
2: what
1: I think it's being surprised like I think it's I think it's I think for me a big turn on is the unexpected hmm. because like even if it's not like there's been situations where like even if it's not something I'm necessarily into the fact that you know <laughs>
2: Wait, are you talking about I'm, trying I'm to-
1: not going to talk about it <laughs> But the, to- the fact that you're bringing it up is like, okay. oh yeah, all right, there we go. This is, yeah, I'm going to do it just because you just said that and that's like, it's crazy to me. Mm, you know? Okay,
2: okay, okay. So unexpected things.
1: The, yeah. You know, like surprise birthday parties, boom, boner.
2: <laughs> you know? So no like actual thing that I do, it's more like just being surprised.
1: I mean, I'm sure there are like there are definitely. Th- it's at the most
2: pressuring for me. It's at the I most. Have to think so. about things now.
1: Well, thinking is hard. So. I just
2: like to be like, do you want spoon to spoon me, and then hope it leads to things. That's our biggest fa- flaw is that we both like to be the one that gets pursued to the point mm. that we will literally be like making out and still like aggressively so that we will be waiting for one of us to be like, do you want to have sex? And because we want to, we want to be the person who the other person asks. For
1: sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. It's a a flaw of ours. It's a toxic trait that we have.
1: Right. What do we fight about the most? Garbage. It's probably, yeah, I was going to say it's probably like stupid shit. Like,
2: but we actually don't fight that much.
1: Yeah. It's going to be like, we fight about like, yeah, the fact that, you only take, you take, you only when you take garbage out, you only take it like 90% of the way okay, there. Well, you
2: already got to bring this up in the podcast.
1: Well, I mean, you brought it, you said the word <laughs> garbage, so I'm just elaborating. <laughs> But yeah,
2: like it's really mundane little things. You're very gracious with me because I, even especially when I'm working or things that get really busy, I can get very tornado-like, and you never make me feel like shit about it. You're never like Sarah. There's like three stacks of laundry in the bedroom. Like I can't even get peace. You've you've always been very gracious with me in the fact that I'm a human tornado. Yeah, that's meant a lot. Yeah, because I know it makes you uncomfortable.
1: It to be honest, just the. Like I said before, it's just not finishing things that really bothers me. Mm. Then, you know, like it's, life happens. Yeah. Life happens. We came into a situation where, you know, we both lived together and we had two houses that collided into one house. So it was a big giant pile of stuff. Yeah. And we've been dealing with that for a long time because we never actually.
2: Moved properly.
1: 100% figured that out. But Yeah like for the most part we, got married,
2: we we closed on my house and got married the next day. It was a lot.
1: Almost it like 95% of the things we we argue about it's going to be like, "Oh man, why is this thing in this state?" Mm. It's not even a big deal. It's always like, "Oh because this." And it's like, "All right." Well.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Is there any other questions? No. Actually, that is it.
1: You know, I have one. K okay, one. There was a question that I wanted to ask, which is. Um, I
2: thought you were going to ask me to marry you, and then I just like I don't know. I'm so ingrained with like that being a big thing. It's like we're already married. Can't go on. Oh wait. <laughs> I was the, like, oh my god, it's happening.
1: <laughs> no, you're right. I forgot. We are already married.
2: What was I, your question? I have no questions. You don't have a question for me at all. No. Well, thank you for coming on the podcast. I feel like we tailed it on a weird moment. What do you mean? I feel like we tell we. I feel like we finished it on a weird moment. I don't like that that we ended it on what we fight about.
1: Okay, well, that's the, the, like. Let me bring up what the question I was going to ask you. Okay, what do you think is the number one thing that we? What is what is the one way we compliment each other from your perspective? How do you compliment me, and how do I compliment you?
2: I think I compliment you because. Oh, that's such a hard question. I'm gonna say that I think that I compliment you because I I'm really good at bringing different perspectives to a situation, even if there's a stressful one. I am good at kind of maybe giving a different angle or bringing feeling into it or validating your experience while also giving a different angle to it. Uh, I also birthed your daughter, and I feel like that I bring that that's a big one. I like to throw that in your face often. Uh but yeah I, what would <laughs> and for you to me you're very very good at making me laugh when I'm very stressed out or burnt out or feeling like you're very good at grounding me in a situation I mean gosh I'm going to cry of course you have to be like witness to when like things don't go well for me for work or when things aren't like there, I'm a person and I also have a brand and there's a very blurred line between it. And you know that when things happen with work or a person on social media, you have to sit there and literally watch the energy and my whole soul kind of like leave me for a second and have to be that person. That's like what happened and how do we rebuild that person? And you're very good at grounding me into the reality that I am a human being and that I'm loved and that I'm cared for and that I'm safe. Uh, which is basically it helps me get through all of those feelings in the moment that they're happening because I genuinely care about what people think maybe a little too much. But like the idea of hurting anybody or disappointing people is like very hard for me. And you're very good at reminding me that like I can't, that I am a human being and that I can't be everything to everyone all the time. I'm not always going to get it right. And like it's sometimes as simple as just making me laugh or like getting me Uh, giving me a hug or just giving me space when I need it to. What would you say is my best compliment to you?
1: Well, that wasn't wasn't the question. It was how do we compliment each other? Well,
2: how do you feel we compliment each other?
1: So the way I would say I compliment you Mm -hmm. is I probably bring a little additional structure to your life, right? Like a little bit um, more of the day-to-day Like, this is how life needs to work type things. Yeah. Um, You know, because you are so into what you do that, you know, I think I I have a lot there. Mm -hmm. I think the way you compliment me is that you make me see the other things that are more important Mm -hmm. than just those day-to-day things. Mm-hmm. You are you know, you touch a lot of people. you touch me. Um, I think you, yeah, you give me extra life.
2: That's very sweet. I love you. I love you. Thanks for doing this with me.
1: I mean, thanks you for doing this with me because we're was- both
2: like every time we podcast we cry. It's such a disaster.
1: Just for um, the record, I did not cry.
2: <laughs> a liar. Oh gosh! Thank you all. First, like first of all, for listening, if you made it this far, and second, for submitting your questions and wanting to hear more about us, I always find it um, fascinating what people are curious to know about us, and and the fact that you care to hear about our lives is, is such a special thing, and and really does. It's so it's so lovely to have a partner that's open to sharing these things too. So, um, thanks for listening and weird note to end on but uh we'll see you next week
0: well friends thank you so much for tuning in and listening to today's episode for more information on this episode check out the show notes or find us on instagram at the papaya podcast and if you loved what you just listened to or know somebody who would please share it simply screenshot today's episode in the podcast app and share it to your instagram stories and don't forget to tag us Last but not least, if you'd like to lend your personal support to the podcast, take a moment and leave a review on iTunes. We would be oh so grateful. Tune in next week for a fresh new episode of the Papaya Podcast, and we'll see you then.